Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our worship services each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. Enjoy the sermon. Our reading this morning is an excerpt from Faith, Trusting Your Own Deepest Experience by Sharon Salzberg. The first step on the journey of faith is to recognize that everything is moving onward to something else inside us and outside. Seeing this truth is the foundation of faith. Life is in transition, movement, and growth. However solid things may appear on the surface, everything in life is changing without exception. Even Mount Everest, the perfect symbol of indomitable, unyielding, massively solid reality, is growing a quarter of an inch a year as the landmass of India pushes under Asia. People come and go in our lives. Possessions break or change. Governments and whole systems of government are established or disintegrate. Eager anticipation precedes a meal, which soon ends. A relationship is difficult and disappointing, then transforms into a bond we trust. We might feel frightened in the morning, reassured in the afternoon, and uneasy at night. We know that at the end of our lives, we die. There is change, breath, oscillation, and rhythm everywhere. With faith, we can draw near to the truth of the present moment, which is dissolving into the unknown, even as we meet it. We open up to what is happening right now in in all its mutability and effervescence, a pain in our body, a heartache, an unjust treatment may, may seem inert, impermeable, unchanging. It may appear to be all that it is, all that ever will be. But when we look closely, instead of solidity, we see porousness, fluidity, motion. We begin to see gaps between the moments of suffering. We see the small changes that are happening all the time in the texture, the intensity, the contours of our pain. No matter what is happening, whenever we see the inevitability of change, the ordinary or even oppressive facts of our lives can become alive with prospect. We see that a self-image we've been holding doesn't need to define us forever, that the next step is not the last step. What life was is not what it is now, and certainly not what it might yet be. Today would have traditionally been Nathan's top 10 religious news stories of the previous year, and he does intend to offer this to us later in the month. However, today, in honor of the top 10 early January tradition, I decided to offer my own top 10 sermon this week, 
with the top 10 truths I need to hear right now. A spin on the more traditional top 10 sermon. And I offer this in hopes that these are some reminders that you might need as well. And because we all need a little levity in our lives, and because our magical tech wizard and youth coordinator extraordinaire, India Wood, insists, yes, just give her a round of applause just for being her. India insists that a PowerPoint is the cure for most ailments. So I offer these truths to you in the form of a PowerPoint presentation. So without further ado, here are the top 10 truths I believe many of us need to hear right now. Number one, this is bullshit. Friends, for 10 years I have been in ministry, and this is the first time I have sworn in the pulpit, because I feel like our current situation warrants it. Seriously, this is bullshit. People still haven't gotten vaccinated. Our leaders have failed us. I'm just going to say it plain. This, schools are closed or remote right now. The numbers are so, so bad. Masking has been made into a politically divisive issue instead of a scientifically proven issue. You can go to the next slide, India. This here is my bitmoji. <laughs> Science is being questioned as though it is a matter of opinion. It never needed to get this bad. Hospitals are filling up, and whether or not we individually fear for our own health, this is a national and local and global public health crisis and a social crisis at the same time. And it has been going on for almost two years. So honestly, the most pastoral way I can say this is this sucks. It's bullshit. Okay, with that out of the way, let's move on to truth number two. What doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. Sometimes I hear what doesn't kill you makes us stronger, and I am over that. I'm over it. What doesn't kill you simply does just that. It doesn't kill you. Sometimes what doesn't kill you seriously injures you. Sometimes it causes permanent damage. Sometimes what doesn't kill you breaks your spirit. Next slide, please. So let's stop trying to pretend that we need to take bad situations and make them into some sort of learning or personal growth opportunity. What doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. I am strong enough already, thanks. And sometimes, if we are lucky, we can take adverse experiences and we can grow from them. This is called post-traumatic stress, but honestly, it is an entirely separate thing. I would never wish adverse or traumatic experiences on anyone for the sake of personal growth. And if we become stronger or if we grow, it is because we have supportive people and community around us or the resources to deal with what has happened. Next slide, please. So this year, let's stop saying what doesn't kill us makes us stronger because honestly, too many people have died and too many people are in really rough shape right now. What doesn't kill us doesn't kill us. End of story. On to truth number three. Optimism is overrated. I'm having a really hard time looking on the bright side of the situation. I know that people are saying that after this current wave, the pandemic will likely turn endemic and that it will be a turning point in the COVID trajectory. But the past two years feel like they have squashed some of my ability to trust and hope that the end of the pandemic is right around the corner. 
or that travels or parties will be possible soon, or any number of things that I want to plan for the future. Next slide, please. So if you currently feel like Betty White of blessed memory here, that is okay. I love a person who has a sunny demeanor, but what I become wary of is when optimism becomes demanding of others, or becomes what I have heard termed po toxic positivity, the denial of real pain in yourself or in others in an attempt to remain positive. So if you feel like crawling under the covers and eating Velveeta straight out of the box, I see you, do what you need to do. Which brings us to number four. Resilience is underrated. Next slide, please. I've been feeling a little bit like this heart lately, have you? Though if this were me, it wouldn't bounce back into that beautiful, perfect, original shape that it was in quite as quickly or easily. It would be way more squished take a little bit longer to get back to its original shape and have some cuts or bruises at least or something. The American Psychological Association says, psychologists define resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, such as family and relationship problems, serious health problems, or workplace or financial stressors. As much as resilience involves bouncing back from these difficult experiences, it can also involve profound personal growth. They continue, with these adverse events, while these adverse events are certainly painful and difficult, they don't have to determine the outcome of your life. There are many aspects of your life that you can control, modify, and grow with. That's the role of resilience. Becoming more resilient not only helps you get through difficult circumstances, it also empowers you to grow and even improve your life along the way. So I declare 2022 the year of nurturing resilience. I think we should be focusing more on resilience and less on optimism, focusing on practices that foster and nurture resilience, practices like building positive social connections, taking care of our bodies, finding purpose and meaning, and nurturing mental wellness. You'll notice that coming to church fills a lot of these roles. <laughs> and while these practices look different for each person, asking ourselves, what do I need to become more resilient can be a powerful question to ask ourselves in difficult times. On to number five. We are in this together, whether we like it or not. As Unitarian Universalists, we often talk about the interconnected web of which we are a part. And so much of my own personal spirituality is grounded in the truth that we are interdependent. And we need one another on both a practical and a spiritual level that our lives and our destinies are bound up together. Next slide, please, India. So if this lesson from High School Musical, the 2006 classic, think in, the pandemic offers us a whole new, way less fun way to learn this lesson. COVID doesn't care about national borders or how wealthy we are. Vaccine access across the world affects the spread and the continuation and the mutation of the virus. And we are interdependent and interconnected by the very air we breathe, which can be a scary thing these days. 
but we are also interdependent in that we need one another, that we are responsible to one another, and that we, the only way we will get through this is together. And if you don't get the 2006 High School Musical reference, here's Joe Biden telling us the same thing. Okay, on to number six. Practice matters more than ideals. In times of stress, we don't rise to the, highest, to the level of our highest ideals. We rise to the highest level of our habits. We rely on muscle memory. So I wonder, what is it that we are practicing? How are we practicing being the people we say we want to be even, and especially in times of stress? Next slide, please. As you've heard before, we call them spiritual practices because they are just that, a practice. We practice to get better, not to be perfect. A practice is something that you need to do over and over and over again until it becomes muscle memory. And that means that we will fall short of our goals over and over and over again while we practice. So we must offer ourselves and one another grace when we fall short, and we commit ourselves to the practice. And so my friends, I wonder, what are you practicing? Where do your practices fall short of your ideals? And how can you support yourself in practicing being the person you want to say you want to be more often so that you can rely on muscle memory that you've practiced in times of stress? Okay, on to truth number seven. We must learn to face uncertainty with courage. I got the idea for this sermon a little bit from Reverend Nathan and also from one of my favorite authors and podcasters, Kate Bowler, whose most recent book is titled, No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Need to Hear. At the end of the book, she offers a list of cliches that we often hear and she counters it with more complex truths that we need to hear. She says that while people say, everything happens for a reason, the more complicated truth is that the world is simply an uncertain place and that we must face uncertainty with courage. Next slide, please. You've heard your ministers talk about the reasons that saying everything happens for a reason can be particularly painful or cruel for those who have experienced horrible, tragic losses or communities that experience oppression that in the world, terrible things happen and there is no cosmic, redemptive reason behind it. I love Bowler's offering of a more complicated, necessary truth, that life's uncertain and that we must face uncertainty with courage. So what makes you feel courageous, my friends? For me, it is the deep knowledge that I am not alone in facing the uncertainty. In 2022, I hope that you nurture whatever it is that helps you feel courageous in the face of uncertainty. Okay, on to truth I need to hear, number eight. We can do hard things. As author Glennon Doyle reminds us, we can do hard things. We can get through hard times, we can have hard conversations, we can share hard truths, we can try new things that feel scary or hard. 
We can keep going when we want to give up. We can do hard things. This is closely related to facing uncertainty with courage and also to nurturing resilience. Next slide, please. This is a hard time, and it has been a hard time for a long time. But especially together, and especially when we support one another, we can do hard things. On to number nine. Nothing lasts forever. No feelings, no experience will last forever. I find this to be a helpful reminder in this time when it feels like the onset of Omicron is a kind of backsliding, when we are deciding to shut down in-person meetings and gatherings except for worship, but nothing lasts forever. Next slide, please. I have found it helpful this week to remember back to last January and to remind myself that we are not in the same place we were a year ago. A year ago, I was in a full-on closed pod, not seeing anyone beyond my little bubble. A year ago, the first of us were just able to get vaccinated. Schools were almost fully remote. Church was entirely on Zoom. Things will keep changing, and we will keep trying to shape them to change them for the better. And when things are hard, it can be helpful to remind ourselves this current reality will not be the forever reality. And finally, the last truth that many of us might need to hear in these times, truth number 10. We can still have joy. In times of great challenge, it is more essential than ever to remember that we can still have access to play, joy, humor, and irreverence, and that these are not just things that are important for children's healthy brains, they are important for healthy human brains. Next slide, please, India. <laughs> grumpy, pet, grumpy cat, may she rest in peace. I imagine some of you may be feeling like this cat here, that it can be inauthentic to ask us to feel joy in these difficult times. And yet, next slide, please. Each of us has the capacity for joy inside us, like joy here from the Pixar movie Inside Out. I understand joy as something deeper than happiness, something more sustaining, something that we find when we connect to delight and meaning and purpose. We might need a little, to work a little harder to find joy in times of challenge, but I think it is worth carving out intentional time for yourself to encounter joy. Protecting time and space to invite joy in, not necessarily to feel joyful, to make yourself feel joyful, but to create the conditions under which you know you might encounter joy. It can be a powerful practice of self-care. Can you go to the next slide, please, India? So in conclusion, here are 10 truths that I think I and all of us need to hear as we enter 2022. Number one. This is bullshit. Number two, what doesn't kill you, doesn't kill you. Number three, optimism is overrated. Number four, resilience is underrated. Number five, we are in this together. 
Number six, practices matter more than ideals. Number seven, we must learn to face uncertainty with courage. Number eight, we can do hard things. Number nine, nothing lasts forever. And number 10, we can still have joy. My friends, may we hear the truths in the moments that we need them. May we hold on to these truths, remember these truths, live these truths, and share these truths. May it be so, and amen. Could you go to the last slide, please, India? All right, our closing hymn will be number 131, Love Will Guide Us. Thank you so much to Valerie and Tim and Kathleen for holding us down with music today. Please rise, embody your spirit, and sing along. Hum along, hum along. join me in saying our call to ministry. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. One of my favorite benedictions from Reverend Wayne Arneson. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard, the path is never clear, and the stakes are very high. Take courage. For deep down, there is another truth. You are not alone. Blessed be and amen.